Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. All right, that was the test. I said, praise the Lord, everybody. So what happens is we get caught up in church jargon and we think that that's just something the preacher says, but I'm giving you the opportunity to make it personal. So I'll say it again like I didn't say it the first time. I said, praise the Lord, everybody. Maybe the anointing on your life is something that will help somebody else to catch it on their life. I said, praise the Lord, everybody. I got at least five people, but there's more than five people in the building. Do I see you online? I said, praise the Lord, everybody. See, I know uh, LaShawn Smith is in there tearing up the hospital room next to her husband. Because she understands, praise the Lord, everybody. When they give you a report that you only had a couple of hours to live and you just went in for a procedure, but God, somebody say, but God. And that's why simple things like praise the Lord, everybody shouldn't just be taken for granted. And you know, for those that do know me, I... I, you know, I try to stay looking young, but sometimes my salt and pepper gives it away, or maybe my weight, I don't know what it is. But, you know, I was raised old school. I, I was. I'm not, I'm not a millennial. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Nothing wrong with being millennial. I'm not part of Generation Z. My son is. I, I'm glad I made it to the game. But, you know, I, I came up in a generation that our parents would say, ooh, I don't know what to do with you. And then they, and then they saw their grandchildren because I grew up in Generation X. But one of the good things that happened in our generation um, you know we were one of the generations that was the first ones to really see divorce in our community and so what happened when our parents had to separate and our mothers had to go to work and the fathers had to go to work they left us with our grandma and that wasn't a bad thing because usually in that time your grandma was going to church now, I don't care what you had in mind or what was on your schedule or who you had talked to at school and you was going to go outside. Grandma said, well, we're going to pray right now. Maybe you can go outside after we pray. <laughs> you didn't know grandma was going to pray all night. What? And, and so, you know, for those that may not know because your grandma young, she my age. But uh, it, it, it's OK to pray all night. What? And so there was something that they gave us during that time that we shouldn't forget about. And it's Black History Month. This is part of our history. And the reality is my grandmother grew up a sharecropper. On one side of my family, she grew up a sharecropper. And then on the other side, I had a grandmother that, guess what? She grew up a what? Sharecropper. And she said to me, she said, no, baby, the difference with me was I saw what it looked like. And so I said, I'm going to go to school. So her generation was one of the first generations that was actually able to go to school 
and to go to college. But you know what? It wasn't happening like that everywhere. You know, if you're people from where they're from, Mississippi, uh, they're from Alabama, Arkansas, the Carolinas. And what happened was a lot of people moved up north. Now, I don't know. Florida is such a weird little place because it's still the south. But it kind of jumps over. It's a little back and forth. See, right now it's looking a little different because we have so much of our Hispanic brothers and sisters right out here. But in the south, even just one of the things I, I'll give honor to my, my pastor and I thank him. And, of course, our first lady minister, Serena Babb. She's in the building right now. We thank God for her also. And, of course, for the praise and worship team. And I bother Brian all the time because I got to keep him on his toes. Where your mic at, Brian? Don't do that to me. And so I, I make sure that as he's growing and birthing, and he's an awesome worship leader, but there's some things we just don't need to forget. And so I put him up to the challenge. I said, I need to be churchy. I said, I'm sorry. I'm just churchy this morning. I know we're a contemporary church. But I, I would have to say, if you are over the age of 60 years old, you probably didn't have a TV in your church when you grew up. Well, let me go even further. You probably didn't have a bathroom in your church when you were growing up. You probably had to go to the outhouse. And you look like an outhouse. Yes. Meaning not in the house. You went out the house to use the bathroom but there was also something that was in there there was an endurance birthed inside of them it was something different than what we had right now they knew that every morning they couldn't make it unless they called on the lord every single day they knew they had to call on the lord and majority of them they had to have call and response songs because they couldn't read so even if they had a TV in the church, they'll just be staring at it right now. So I looked over and I saw my mother-in-law and I'm looking. She's like, oh, this is nice. This is beautiful. But this is not the church she remembers. And so, Brian, I'm, 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 I'm putting it on you. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. You know, you get called out because, you know, I'll sing. I'm just not going to sound as good as him. Y'all know me yeah, for those that do. Thank you for tuning in. Don't tune out. <laughs> Stay with them. Sharon, what you know what I'm talking about? You, aren't you glad that you were able to be one of the ones that were able to go up north and get an education and be a pillar in the community? We thank you. She is our black history fact always in our church. Elder Sharon Ward. And at the same time, I give honor to my, my mother in love. She was one of the first people in her county to go and segregate her school. In high school, she was one of the first people. And believe me, it wasn't a good story every day. She came home. But because of that, she endured. And through her endurance, she went to USF, right? She's a bull. She's one of the original bulls. And through that, a union came from my, from her fa my wife's father and my wife came forth and therefore my son. Thank God that she endured. But I know it was songs of old. Brian, what you got for me? We didn't left Sam. It's all right. He'll come back and catch it. Yeah, uh, yeah, not yeah. We can go. Oh, but what what do you have for me this morning as as we go? So so they can hear what history sounds like. What, I know you know your grandma, right, Brian? I know she had something. Uh, Jesus, I'll never forget. Y'all remember this? What you've done for me. Uh huh. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. And it usually started like this. Jesus, I'll never forget come on, bro, come on how you brought me out. And what did you say? Jesus, I'll never forget. Uh -huh. No, never. Jesus, I'll never forget yep. how you... Uh -huh. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Yep. <laughs> Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget. No, never. Now, now he forgot a 
little bit, but it's all right. We're still praying for him. He got it. He sounded good when he was doing it. But then there was another thing that happened. And do you know that you're a soldier? Did you know that one? Huh? You don't know that one? Miss Cindy. Oh, Lord. This is what happened. We got to call them to the praise. This is what happened when our, the generation didn't pass it on. And it's not a, a, a detriment to him at all. But what happens is that you forget those songs and you're like, when you get into this place, I'm, we have a spiritual warfare class. And see, people thought it was just, oh, come to church and fight. The, no, you had to fight the devil day to day. How many people knew that? On your job, you had to fight the devil. Uh, with your family, you had to fight the devil. With your brothers and sisters, your wife, your you had to fight the devil. See, part of the thing, spiritual warfare means we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against what? Principalities, strongholds of wickedness. And see, what happens is anybody can be used. Can't you use, kids be used this morning, Miss Serena? <laughs> they can be used. I know my son can be used. He wake up and look for use. And we just hope that it's in the Lord. You know, and so, you know, it, it simply was like this. I'm a soldier in the army of Thank the you, Brian. Lord. I'm, I'm a soldier. I can't hear you. In the army. Who, who over 60 that understand that? In the army of the I'm a soldier in the army. Yami, she's got a war clothes on. I got a war clothes on. In the say, I got, I got I my war clothes on. My war clothes on. Gotcha. I got my war clothes on. In the army. Some people like I know what he's done for me. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. You don't know like I know. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. And we can hold it. That's enough embarrassing you, Brian. I love you. I'm going to send you a song list on today. But y'all feel that bounce? For those that can stand, let me, let me let, give, give yourself a little bounce. Miss Ash was up here, Mother Ass, and she started bouncing because she knew that it was something in that movement that would wake up them old bones. Because you had worked all week. And it, then next thing you know, you were sitting down and you couldn't wait to get into the church house. So it was an old bounce. Sometimes you have an old deacon that will just move and then will march. See, I'm, I'm Baptist Kojacostal. So one side of my family was Baptist. One side was Church of God in Christ. And so it just mattered which weekend and which grandma I was with. So it meant, you know, at the Baptist church, somebody used to... See, they was cool with it. You know, they couldn't... You couldn't just do it. You know, but, you know, then I, I always loved that because I was like, oh, man, that's pretty slick. They had their gloves on. I didn't know if they were serving food. Or, but, you know, up north they had basements, so somebody was always cooking collard greens and cornbread. And you'd be sitting up here like, oh, Lord, I hope church is short today because I smell good. Jesus Christ. And, and then I would go just a little bit ways, a couple miles away to the other church. And, oh, Lord. When I talk about we didn't have air conditioning, but we would sweat hard every day, tear up every pool pit because we didn't have individual chairs. Those are cute, but no, you know, we used to go and we would tear it up and it would just get so fast from the bounce to something a little faster. But, you know, that is our history. That is what we don't need to lose. It was simple. 
We didn't have to put words up and we still understood how Jesus was working in our lives. Because sometimes when you're at work and you got to go out to your car, you just got to say, Jesus, I'll never forget. The pressure is hard on today, but Jesus, I'll never forget. You woke me up this morning. It starts to make sense. I was clothed in my right mind. You know, some of, some of the people used to say it and they didn't realize that the same being clothed in your right mind because somebody woke up crazy. Somebody had to be committed. And in the Bible, Jesus makes reference to some person had got a spirit in them and it was so strong to the point where he ripped his clothes off. That was somebody's reality on this morning. So if nothing else, you could say, Jesus, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. We thank God for every single person that made their way to the building that's tuned in online. But we're going to go ahead and go to the word very quickly. I promise you, I'm not a long preacher. You better take notes and go quickly or rewind it later on on the playback because you'll miss it. We're in John chapter 21. That is the base uh, chapter of our scripture on today, John 21. But I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead to verses 15 and 17 simply in the New Living Translation. And this is Jesus talking to uh, some of his disciples, actually seven of them. Seven of his disciples had been found on the scene. And what it was was that he specifically had some questions for Peter. And so we're in verse 15. Do you have your Bible? I said it was John chapter 21, verses 15 and 17. I know we got it up on the screen, but for those that can't see the screen or need their readers, you know, bring it a little closer. We're in John chapter 21, 15 and 17, and it simply says like this, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? What a question. He had relationship with Jesus. So why would Jesus come to him so easily and say, do you love me more than these? And his reply simply was, yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. And Jesus said to him, then feed my lambs. Verse 16 says it like this. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John. I just want you to make sure because it's a lot of Simons in the Bible. And that, I know you, Peter, but I want you to know that I'm talking to you. Do you love me? And his reply simply once again was, yes, Lord. Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus replied. Verse 17, and this is where we're going to lead off. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? At this time, just like any of us, Peter was hurt. He knew he had a relationship with Jesus. Why would he do this? That Jesus asked him the question a third time, the same question, a third time. He said, Lord, come on, you, you, you know everything. You know I love you. And Jesus' reply simply was, then feed my sheep. You can have your seat. Dear Heavenly Father, even right now, God, as we hear from you, God, let our ears open up. So we can hear every question that you're asking us. God, we thank you that you can repeat yourself. God, let us be open enough that you don't have to. If you ask us something once, God, let, let, let's get your attention. Let us run after you. You are searching for something. 
God, so on this morning, we need to hear from you in every area of our life. We need to hear from you. Whatever you're saying to us, whatever you're saying to us, let us hear from you. We thank you. Anoint a word afresh in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, amen. You know, on this part of scripture, it had just got done at the very beginning of the verse. And if you go back and read it, don't read it right now because I'll be done preaching. And so at the beginning, they were out and they were fishing. Simple. No, no big deal. They were fishing. Why? Because they were fishermen. When Jesus had found them, they were doing the exact same thing. So at this part of scripture, they had went back to fishing, seven of them. And what happened was they had saw Jesus. Now, he didn't look like himself. Now, I want to give you a little bit of history on this. This was actually after his resurrection. So you'll know where this is in the Bible. And so after his resurrection, he had appeared. Um, this is the third time. And so he's talking to him. So it's not the question of, is Jesus still dead? Is he buried? No, this is the third time he had shown himself to them. But he didn't look familiar. But they knew his spirit and they knew it was Jesus. And so when Jesus came to Peter, he, he said to him, he said, three different, he said three things, but one question. Three things, but one question. He said, do you love me? S simple question, right? Simple. And so he goes to him and expecting a simple answer, the first time he says to feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. And the second time he says, Take care of my sheep. And then the third time, he says, feed my sheep. So I guess one of the questions to consider right now is, does God have to keep coming back to you with a situation in your life and ask you multiple times? Now, you know, this is a person that had been with Jesus for years, but he still had to ask him, do you love me? He asked him the same question. But he gave him three different responses. Like the first response wasn't enough for you to understand what Jesus was really trying to say. And so he came again and he asked him the same question. But the second response didn't prompt what Jesus was really trying to say. And Peter was like, whoa, why do you keep asking me this simple question, but you're giving me different answers? What is going on? You know, I, not only do you know I love you, you know everything. So for us. What is going on that God keeps coming to us about a certain situation, keeps asking us, he keeps giving us a different answer because obviously whatever he's asking us, is he's searching for something and your reply is not the right one. So on today, I'm sorry, I, I, you know, I, there's so much going on in the world, but we have the freedom to worship on today. That's what's going on. There's war in the land. Believe me, I used to grow up here and say, oh, Jesus coming back. Matter of fact, in my church, a big old mural was up and said, Jesus will return. That scared me. Every week you get saved. That's what happened in the old church. You get saved every week. Just in case. You got saved just in case. Just in case you did something that week that, that threw you out of the, the, the lineup. You're like, well, let me go ahead and get back in this line and get saved again in case God changed his mind. No, go ahead, mother. Go ahead and get the oil because I don't know what happened this week, but go ahead. You know, I was hanging out with my friends. I'm not exactly sure how this Bible thing worked, but go ahead. I'm going to get saved again. And, you know, there's times in our lives, especially in the modern church, it's like, well, I'm all right. I'm saved. And maybe God, maybe you are, but maybe you're missing something in that. And so that's where we are on today. We're trying to see maybe the question that he keeps asking us 
He gives us a different reply because we're not replying right ourselves. You know, I think what it really comes down to is God was, he was looking for something. He was searching for something. And so Mary said it like this, you know, we are lovers true and through and though we made it through the storm, stop laughing, Brian. I really want you to realize, he's not safe, that, <laughs> see somebody caught it. I really want you to realize, I really want to put you on. I've been searching for someone to satisfy my every need. Won't you be my inspiration? Be the real love that I need. And then the gospel said, real love. Uh-huh. Oh you, oh, you know my word? I'm searching for a real love. Someone to set my heart free. Real love. I'm searching for a real love. See, I wasn't talking about Mary, Jesus' mama. Don't get caught up. But that was simply the gospel of Mary J. Blige. You know, don't flash back too far. Come on back to the sermon. Jesus was talking to his disciples. I believe he was searching not just for love, but for what? Real love. I think y'all with me. And so there's three things. Y'all say three. three. This is just my old school. You know, I was a preschool teacher. They, they grown now in college. But um, and I, I just want to make it so that you get it. There's three things I believe you need to make sure that you're in this place of real love. Number one, it's already on the screen. Real love is found in Christ. Y'all can agree on that? That's not a hard one to agree on, right? You know, Christ is the anointed one. He's the redeemer. He's the savior. You know, all these things you need, you need Christ. You absolutely need Christ. And, you know, Christ is, is one of those things you're like, oh, yeah, I definitely need Jesus. You know, because that is our uh, what do we call fire insurance? That is the guarantee. Like, well, at least I'm not going to hell. You know, people don't even want to say hell on TV no more. It's real. That's your fire insurance to guarantee that when that day comes, my wife was at a funeral yesterday of her cousin, young man, 40, uh, 45 years old, about to be 46 years old, and, and he passed away. And so we're like, oh, well, at least I get to go to heaven. Well, we need more than fire insurance because we're still alive. We're not like that, that criminal on the cross that he said to him, on this day, you'll be with me. Guess what? We still got some more days. And so there's some more advantages to this fire insurance with Christ. And there's an expectation that goes along with it. Is that okay? In Philippians 4 and 10 through 13, and it's up on your screen. How I praise you, praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. This is Paul speaking. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Verse 11, now that I was ever in need for I have learned to be content with whatever I have somebody say content Amen. say it one more time Amen. I just don't want y'all to be liars here it is verse 12 I know how to live on almost anything or, or with everything I, I can be almost any almost nothing and with everything I've learned the secret of living in every situation whether it be in with a full stomach or an empty one with plenty or little in verse 13 says it like this for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength so the question is this are we really content 
Right now, the, 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 what's going on, everybody's after the bag. Or everybody's trying to make a lot of money from my saints over 60, yes. Uh, everybody is chasing the dollar. And there's nothing wrong with making a living. There's nothing wrong with being educated. There's nothing wrong with providing for your family. But are you content if everybody don't become a millionaire? Because that's the reality. Everybody won't become a millionaire. That is true because what happens is that a million dollars won't be worth much if everybody becomes a millionaire. So I started to look over my own life and I said, well, am I content? Am I content with not having that nice Lexus that Andre got? Am I content? It's nice. It's nice. Praise the Lord. He had to drive something else, but the whole thing, me and Andre talked about it. Andre said, well, I ain't going to drive to work. I'm a garbage man. I ain't going to be getting in my car, stinking it all up, because he was content with it. And when he didn't have it, he drove something else. Am I content? Am I content with people calling me short? Well, I'm not short. I'm medium. No, no, I'm 5'8". I'm 5'8". I said, oh, my growth spurt came, and then it went... I had to be content with that. I had to be content with that. You know, I'm not a millionaire right now. Ain't that what we say? I got to be content with that fact that I only got one child, but he talks as much as three. (laughs) Praise the Lord for. I got to be content that I got a fine wife that supports me through my ups and downs. She fine, y'all. Gentlemen, you heard what I said? That's how you put something in your bank. All right. And so the question is, what is your it that you're not content with? When you're going searching every day, Paul was talking about I'm content whether it's a good day or a bad day. But the only way that I'm content is through Christ who gives me strength. The only way that you'll ever be content, regardless if you're chasing a bag and you get it or Maybe you just got to work a regular job. You still can be content with Christ. And you know what? I'll do it like this. John 15 and 16. Do we got that up on there? This, this is the one that messed me up even more. And I've read it, but I was like, man, it's a cold scripture right here. John 15 and 16. And it says like this. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you. To go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. You know, you can sit up there and be like, oh yeah, I gave my life to Jesus. No, he chose. Oh yeah, I remember it was one Sunday morning. I was bad in a bad situation. I was in, well, people don't have revivals no more. I was in revival and I was, you know what? I gave my life. No, he chose you know the old pimp movies used to say uh huh I choose you no they stole that from the bible somebody read the word Jesus said I chose and then he said the only way it happens is that you use my name and so you know if you're going to say anybody's name destiny child you need to say the name of Jesus because that is the only way it is going to happen someone say he chose me And not only did he choose you, he chose you to produce lasting fruit. We have so many temporary things. That's why we're not content. It's so many temporary things that come into our lives. But when he chooses you, 
He chooses you to produce lasting fruit. And so not only do you need Christ if you're looking for real love, you need commitment. And see, this works not only in your Jesus relationship, but in every relationship. I promise you, some of y'all going to work tomorrow and y'all need Jesus. Some of y'all have to say that, Lord, you better help me today before you get out your car and walk in the building. You need Jesus, but you also need commitment. So number two, number two is commitment. Real love is found in commitment. And it simply said it like this, and it's up on your screen. The state or quality of being dedicated to a cause or activity. Part B also says an engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. And, you know, people want commitment really quick, but are they willing to give commitment? And it's just really simple. Can we, can we go ahead and dip in the word real quick? I think there's a couple different ways that we can commit uh, to the Lord. We can commit our work to the Lord. Is that all right? Commit your work to the Lord. You know, this is Small Business Sunday. Isn't that what it is? And so before you just start the business, maybe you need to start and commit that plan to the Lord. And it's simply like this. Did you pray over Proverbs 16 and 3 before you started your business plan? Do you have a business plan? Or do you just got an idea? Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. You know, the, I, I, you know, we call this a hustle. You know, now this word is pos, uh, re- really popular. You know, sometimes I do ship, y'all. So if y'all ever see me out there shopping and I got a, beer, a car full of beer and wine, it probably was for the person I'm shopping for. Lord, it ain't me. I'm not going home to get nice. Jesus, I, I'm hustling. I'm making a couple of dollars because Cody likes stuff. And I like to take vacation. And so, you know, I do ship. That is not... The business. That was something I said, Lord, is it okay, even in that, that I do this? Will it take away from my family? Will it, will it, will it, will it do something that will endanger me more than help me? So imagine the business that you have. Did you commit that to the Lord? Imagine you want to go and volunteer or you wanted to be the nonprofit, right, Sharla? You committed it to the Lord. I was talking to Chloe the other day and she she had saw something and she knew it came from the Lord. But before she went there, she just started to say, well, maybe this is God. But also she had to pray again and realize it wasn't God the first way that she started. We have to commit our work to the Lord if we're looking for real love. Not only that, you have to commit your love to God and his people. Now, this is no particular order, but this is all things you should be doing if you're looking for real love. First John 4 and 8 says it like this. Anyone who does not love, who does not love, does not know God. Sounds like, what? What do you mean? If you don't love, you don't know God because God is love. One of the first scriptures, you know, when you used to have, you know, Sunday school, they taught you this. You got to, you got to, if you, if you're loving then how you, you don't know God because God is love. Well, that means that you ever met that person that's just angry at everything? But then call themselves a scripture, got the little usher badge and gold. The Jesus plate, but they give you all kinds of signal that ain't left or right in their car. God bless Jesus is my co-pilot. All those things, but they're not showing love. But they keep saying they know God, but they're not showing love. First John 4 and 20 says it like this. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. I'm not going to look up. Uh, For he who does not know his, does not love his brother whom he has seen 
cannot love God whom he has not seen. And that's just basic logic. It's like, okay, you, you see your brother every single day. Whoever, brother, sister, neighbor, cousin, mother, child. You see them every day and you say you can't love them because of a situation. And God says, well, if you can't love them, how can you love me? You've never even seen me. You have to have faith to know that I exist, but this person sees you every single day. You got to commit your love to not only God, but also his people. Numbers 30 and, 20, 30 and 2 says it like this. If a man vows a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break it. He shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Keep your mouth closed if you can't keep a vow. Just keep it closed. It's better just not to even say it. There's an expectation on your life when you make a vow. We don't use the word vow. Make a promise. When you make a commitment. When you say you're going to do something. It's better that either you just don't say it if you're not going to do it. There's an expectation on your life when you say to God's people, you know what? I better do what I said I was going to do. Can we do this next one? Commit your body to God. You know, this is, this is the one they like to peer up, pull out in the purity class uh, for, for the young ladies. You know, the first Corinthians chapter six, verses 19 and 20. They're like, what's purity class? That was a class girls used to go to to try to be right with the Lord. And so, you know, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Somebody said the spirit is in me. If you know God and you've given your life to Christ, the spirit is in you whom you have received from God. You are not your own. Verse 20 says it like this. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body. Remember, I just said a little while ago, he said, I chose you. You were bought with a price. Therefore, he, when, he, when you accept Christ, he gives you a gift of the Holy Spirit. And so this is not so much about what you wear or what you dress. And that does count. But it's more about everything that you do with your body. This could just be about your tongue. How many people did you cuss out this week? How many people did you, did you think like, if they come over here one more time, it's your body. What about, well, I'll just eat one more. You know, we, you know, we, we say we, we love the buffet. I was at one yesterday. Praise the Lord. I'm learning how to manage myself. But we, we never talk about how, how, how maybe we just eating too much. Maybe we should walk a little bit more. Right, Olo? We need to walk a little bit more. And there, there's something you can do because guess what? You've been bought with a price. Why would God want to put something in a dirty temple? But that's what we give to him and his Holy Spirit. Commit your body to God if you're looking for real love. You know what? Commit your actions to God. This is part B. Romans 1 and 1a says it like this. Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. That's what the first part of it says. You know, we want to be that apostle, the manager. We want to be the head of the household. We want to be the leader, the daddy, the mama. But you don't want to be the slave or the servant. We want to be in charge. I'm the man. I'm the woman. I'm the boss chick. I can say that. We want to be all those different things. 
but we don't want to be the slave to Christ. Why is it that if he's saying that we have to make this commitment, commitment also means being a slave to what you're committing to. Well, I guess you better choose to commit to the right thing. And that first is Christ. So if you want to have real love, what was the first thing? Real love is found in, real love is also found in, and guess what? Last but not least, real love is also found in consistency. I think this is probably the hardest one. I'll speak for myself. This is the hardest one for me online. Y'all with me? They looking at me hard in the sanctuary. Consistency is why I think Jesus had to come and ask the question three times. It wasn't the fact that they were doing something wrong. They were fishing. They had known to be fishermen. They were good at it. And that particular day, if you go back and read it, they weren't catching anything. And then as soon as Christ had spoken and said, try the other side. He changed their plan, their trajectory. They caught this huge load of fish. He wasn't mad at them because he wouldn't have told them where to get the fish at if he didn't care about them fishing. But then when he also tells them to bring it in, he says, bring some of the fish that you caught. We'll eat that too. And so really, I think on this morning, besides having Christ and having commitment, I think it comes down to our consistency. The achievement or level of performance that does not vary greatly in, the qual- in quality over time. Real simple. Keep it up. If you got to this level, yeah. keep it up. Come on. You can go higher, but before you get higher, you need to be consistent. Yeah. Yeah. So many people want the big houses, the cars, they, they want the position, but they won't even be consistent. They won't be consistent on the low-paying job. They won't be consistent as that servant. Remember, commitment takes, you have to be a servant, a slave to the commitment. You won't even be consistent in that because you're searching for the higher part already. And he's just saying, keep that same quality over time. You know, I believe that even, you know, Minister Serena talks about it all the time, how you'll see churches swell and it just happens, boom. And the next thing you know, you're like, what happened to them? Wasn't consistent. Might have opened up the door and they had a good gimmick, but they weren't consistent. Yeah. Only thing that kept us open during two years of a pandemic was us being consistent. And now that we're doing a relaunch, even right now, and I'll do this shameless plug, right? even right now, we need some consistent people. If we want to have full-time uh, children's ministry, guess what? We need some consistent ministry workers. We need consistency in our ushers. We need consistency in our prayer team. We need consistency in our dance. We need consistency across this ministry. In order for Pastor Keith to come off his job and prayerfully will, he matter of fact, he committed the plans. They will be established. He has to be consistent. So that's the question to consider. Are we really being consistent in ministry, in our relationships, and in work? Are we being consistent? Are, are, are we coming when we need to come? Are you, are you even talking to the neighbor that didn't return your weed whacker? You could just ask for it back and stop going home angry. They know they got it. Just give it back to me. Maybe it was something that happened in their lives and you just didn't even want to have the conversation. Maybe they needed you to pray for them. Something happened to their mother. 
First Corinthians says it like this. Chapter 15 and 58 simply says like this. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the Lord knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. We work so much every day and it feels like we don't see the result of our labor. But I thank God for Google. And you're like, why are you thanking God for Google? Because every so often in my house, in my kitchen, pictures come up that show me the past. And I can see what I used to be or what it used to look like or what my child was or what the situation or with my wife. And then I see what it looks like today. And then I start to realize the labor wasn't in vain. I remember pictures that pop up of this church. And we definitely didn't have this many chairs. No, not at all. We were meeting in hotels and in community centers. And majority of your faces I had never seen. Nor Pastor Keith. But guess what? The prayer team that we had in that moment, they were praying for the people to come. And now Pastor Keith can look up and say, those prayers weren't in vain. You were part of that prayer. And now you're here. Galatians 6 and 9, it says it like this. And let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season. We will reap if we don't give up. Pastor Keith has already laid the plan. What about for your business? What about that relationship? I know there's so many relationships out there, even right now, that it feels like this is the end. It won't happen. Don't grow weary in due season. you, You know... Hebrews 10 and 23 says it like this. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. We may not be faithful, but God is faithful. And last but not least, James 1 and 4 says it like this. And let the steadfastness have its full effect that you may may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. On today, you may feel like there's something missing. Maybe Thank you, sir. On this day, maybe the thing that is lacking is the fact that you just need to stand. You know, years ago, of course, Donna McClurkin comes and sings a song about standing. And, you know, I could think of so many different situations where I had to listen to it because I was in a give up type of situation. Because I was like, man, I got Christ and I had committed to it. But part of the thing was I wasn't consistent. I was readily quick to give up. I was quick to say I'm done. I wasn't like, I'm not going back again. I don't know what the situation is for your life. Because we all are in different places. But I promise you, God has spoke to you about that situation that I talked about in the beginning. Matter of fact, he's talked to you more than one time. Guess what? You just need to be consistent. I promise you, you'll find real love in consistency. You know, just like with Jesus, he could have been angry on that morning. He could have did a situation where he went and flipped over all the fish that they had caught or turned over the boat or caused the wind and the rain to drown them. But he wasn't mad at their actions of going back to what they used to do when they didn't see him anymore. But more importantly... How about this? Let's keep Jesus in front of us. You know what? We find real love in Christ. We find real love in commitment. We find real love in consistency. We didn't have to get lost. So whatever the question is that God has for you on this morning, 
Can we find real love in that? And so the, the challenge for you is this, really simple. Maybe you were looking for love in that situation and you couldn't find it. But guess what? It's found in Christ. Maybe you're looking for love and you couldn't find it and you're like, man, I got Jesus. What's going on? But you never made that commitment that you would have to be a slave and a servant to. Maybe you just weren't consistent. I know that's my story. And so, man, I got so many ideas. I don't know how my wife deal with me. But what I lack on many of them is the consistency. So if you can stand, if any of those three was something that you were lacking in and you realize that, you know what? I need more consistency. I need more commitment. I need more Christ. And it doesn't matter whatever area of your life. It doesn't have to be in ministry, but we do need you here. We do. We need you here. But maybe it's in your relationship. It could be that wayward kid. It could be your own mama. I still love you. It really doesn't matter what it is. Maybe you need to really stick to that commitment. Have you turned them over to Christ? Maybe the love that you thought you had wasn't good enough. You needed real love. Real love that could be found in Christ. It could be found in that commitment. And last but not least, it could be found in consistency. That's a key. Even right here, it's found in consistency. And so I'm praying for all of you in those three specific areas. But you have to lift it up. There's some work you have to do. You have to be a slave to your own situation. Willing to serve in your situation. Willing to allow Christ into your situation. Willing to be consistent in your situation. If you want to find that real love Jesus was trying to get out of Peter. He knew he loved him. But was it a real love that he could do that with? So as our heads are bowed and all those people that are watching online, we thank you, whether it's the replay or if you're live even right now. God, we know you're here and your presence is here. We thank you for the worship on today, God. We even believe that even with everything going on in the world, over in Ukraine and Russia and the people that have been separated and lost lives, you're still in the situation. And even in that land, you can be found. God, so even right now, as they put whatever it is on their minds and their hearts, God, let them allow you into it first. Let them be committed to it. And now, God, don't let us walk away and not be consistent. Let us be consistent in our word. Let us be consistent in, in coming to church. God, if we can go to everywhere else, every concert, every vacation, let us come into the house of God, whatever way they feel safe. But for those that can't reach to us, God, we're glad that you provided a way through online. We thank you, God. Don't let situations push us back and forth. We have to be consistent if we truly want to find real love. We thank you right now. We thank you, God. We thank you right now, God. So even as our heads are still bowed and our eyes are still closed, if there's someone that they, they, they want to give it to Christ, but they don't know who Christ is, 
if you just want to lift up your hand because you said, I want to know who Christ is on today. If you're online and you put it in the comment section, we'll be looking for you because we want to contact you. We want to make sure you know who this Christ is so you can find this real love. Even on today, anyone in the building, if you raise your hand because you want to be connected with Christ, we'll receive you even right now. And we thank God for every person. So this is the second part. You know, I can use the same thing. Maybe you, you've just been going to church, but you haven't made a commitment to anyone. Some people think you have commitment issues, and yes, you do. But God can work those things out. I promise you we'll connect you with the right people. We're a loving church. Pastor Keith will be here to receive you, but until he gets back, I'm here to receive you. If you need to make a commitment to a church, if you want to join a church, if you want to become part of this family, I'm willing to receive you. You can just lift your hand right now. We want to all be to be a part of a family, even on today. And God, last but not least, God, for those people that are here, or those people in the comments says, God, touch them in their consistency. Even right now. This won't be the last time we see them. It won't be months on end that we have to guess and search for them. And we thank you even right now. In Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God said amen. And amen. You can have your seats. We thank you for everybody that is even here right now. And hearing this sermon. And this was not... A, a, a beat you up sermon this is just to make you aware we, we're all searching for real love it, it, even if you've been hurt even if you've been been let down I promise you it wasn't Jesus I promise you he's always been there so even right now we just need to get back on track back on track with Christ back on track with commitment and back on track with consistency can have Minister Serena right now come with the Black History Fact and there's one more thing I'll, I'll be coming uh, up later so keep your heart and mind aware even in these I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign and whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason he wants us to respond my prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life until next time Strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.